Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Ann Hill, who's the owner of Hilltop Virtual Solutions. And we're talking today about how to streamline your business when it comes to SOPs, systems, processes, workflows, all these things that can seem kind of overwhelming. And especially if you're a newer business owner, like in the first few years of your business, and maybe you've never thought about these things. You might even think, be thinking, is that something I really need to worry about? And the answer is, of course, yes. If you ever want to scale your business and exponentially grow your revenue, there are, there are just some things you have to do in business. And Ann Hill is here today to talk about those important steps. Hey, stay tuned. It's a great episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Wherever you are in your business, you've probably gotten to the point where you've thought, hey, this thing's a lot more complicated than simply selling a product or service. In fact, if you've found your business growing in the last year or two, you've probably found yourself thinking, okay, how do I actually organize this thing? How do I actually run this thing? Don't even get me started on managing people. What does it look like to hire effectively and actually put people in the right job, uh, give them the right responsibilities? There's just a lot going on in growing a business, but fortunately, we're going to be talking about how you can better organize your business and more importantly, develop the processes that you need to actually make it a well-oiled machine. You've heard the expression working on your business rather than working in your business. You've probably also heard the expression running your business versus letting it run you. We're going to be talking about that today. I'm sitting down with Ann Hill. She's the owner of Hilltop Virtual Solutions, and we're going to be gaining her knowledge and expertise on all the things we've mentioned so far. Ann, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Hello. It's great to be here. Well, um, I I said a lot right there. I mean, (laughs) we, we all know that business ownership is very sexy on social media, but realistically very clunky and challenging and you know, oh God, oh God, you know, it's burning down. Fortunately, it sounds like you offer something that many business owners need, uh, some much needed clarity in how the business is run. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for a living. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to to chat with you a little bit more today on everything. I fully agree that that running a business is so much more than than what we see um, on the outside. And I um, learned that quickly myself when I started running my business. Um, I started off um, in a business that I classified as just being a general VA. I didn't really know what the online space had to offer. My background prior to starting my business um, is as a physical therapist. And I got burnt out from the the healthcare industry, um, was looking for something new. Um, But while I was a physical therapist, much of that experience actually was more as a rehab manager. 
and um, managing teams, managing people, uh, managing financials, managing all of the things that come with with running a business. I just didn't necessarily correlate it originally um, when I was looking at starting my own business. And um, so, yeah, so I started off um, as a general VA and just kept finding myself wanting to to do more and Mm. and be that manager and get back to that management level. Um, now, was, that this, I was, was this wild? Like, I mean, cause you did 15 years in physical therapy. I mean, totally yeah. leaving that and doing something. I, is that <laughs> was it scary? Was it? Cause a lot of people listening, I mean, they, they've maybe been in an industry for, you know, just like you over a decade, sometimes even two or three decades. Yeah. What was that like? I, um, I really, it took me, so in all honesty, it took me a year and a half um, of technically being a business, quote unquote, business owner. Um, I had my EIN, I had, you know, started my business, but didn't necessarily <laughs> know what I was doing with it yet. Sure. Um, and that was about a year and a half that I did in some ways, a little bit of both. I worked as a rehab manager and was running a business, a very yeah. small business at that point in time, um, just based on time. Um, but I, yeah, it was a little scary. It was, it took a lot of convincing. I had mapped out in my mind, I had mapped out like a three-year plan of when I was going to quit my job. Um, but once I got into the online space and saw what was out there, and then also invested in some coaching myself, um, was able to actually do it in a six month timeframe, um, to quit my job. And, it very much was a, a leap of faith though. And it was a, a big mindset shift to, to make it a leap of faith versus that fear that could potentially be sitting there. Um, what, and I was very fortunate also to have a very supportive husband that um, <laughs> he he told me, you know, let's do it. If this is what you want to do, let's do it. But, um, you know, and, and I think that's really, first of all, what, what year was this, by the way? This was in two. So officially I quit my job in January of 2020, my full-time job. So this was technically pre pandemic, um, (laughs) but didn't know what the next, you know, few months were going to hold and going into it, um, expecting more rapid growth in my business than what I had seen because of a pandemic. So (laughs) you you chose, you chose the right time to quit your job. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) But, but you know, the cool thing is you, um, and I don't know your thoughts on this, but I mean, you, you jumped into a virtual world that only became more virtual Right. Yeah. I mean, people wanting help running their businesses um, and having access to someone like you who originally started in the VA space. How much do you feel like, um, and not to take anything away from you, but how, how much do you feel like in the world of entrepreneurship that luck and timing plays a role? I think that it's one of those things that it's always hindsight is 2020. So looking back at it, I very much feel that I was fortunate that I did get a little bit of a jump start on learning what the online space had to offer and what was possible to do virtually versus um, being physically present in an office. Um, sure. When when I started my um, my business and and realized the importance of networking and those sort of things, um, I had joined a networking group that had a lot of um, local businesses. I had joined an, a local networking group. And so even there I had started, and this was in 2019, I had started with some of that education of what the online space and what you could do virtually versus being in person in an office. So I did have um, practice, I guess, going through some of that that sure. um, transition with clients. And then also, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like there was luck in 
in the timing of it all. Um, and there were so many ways that I was fortunate. I have kids that um, are one in particular that was school age at that time. Um, I don't know how I would have done it uh, <laughs> working, trying to teach my son at that time. And then also, um, I sure. mean, because my husband and I both would have been out of the house working. I worked in a skilled nursing facility prior to, to mm-hmm. being 100% in my business. Um, so it was definitely something that mm-hmm. would have required me to be out of the house. So, um, so, so tell me more about um, the support from your husband, because I, I talked to a lot of business owners who that the it's like the spouse factor. Yeah. <laughs> where, um, and I see two different conversations happen. I see the conversation of the spouse, husband or wife, who is like you said, okay, yes, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Um, I was very fortunate to have my wife um, say the same thing and say, yeah, go do it. I've known other people that the conversation is very different. It's kind of your stereotypical, um, okay, what are you doing? Get a job, you know? Right, like, right. <laughs> you know, so like, it, w- was there like a an, an entrepreneurial um, ambition in the family that that made the husband? I mean, no, like- <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, no, okay. um, no. My my husband and I both have always had you know the typical um, nine to five, go to work type jobs, employee type jobs. Um, prior to me starting my business. And and like I said, I had just gotten completely burnt out um, with the healthcare industry. After having kids, I just wanted to have some of that freedom and flexibility sure. with my schedule again. Um, and and I just wasn't, I wasn't getting that. Um, and I think also, I yeah, I didn't have any idea what the entrepreneurial world was going <laughs> to look like. In all honesty, sure. I'd never considered starting my own business. In fact, I wanted to run as far away from it um, in the physical therapy field or in the physical therapy space because everyone initially thought, oh, well, you can start your own business and be a therapist still. Um, and I was like, no, I want nothing to do with the healthcare industry. I want to mm-hmm. walk away from healthcare completely and um, see what else is out there. Um but yeah, my husband, I was the primary breadwinner, still am the primary breadwinner. And so it was, you know, replacing a full-time income that was yeah. um that was a good income. It was supporting our family. So right. it wasn't something that that I could just be like, oh, let's dabble in this and mm-hmm. see how it goes. It was I needed his support full completely. I couldn't have done it without having his support. Yeah. Well, so and you you mentioned also that you weren't, even though you were leaving that industry, you were taking a skill set that didn't necessarily realize, um, oh, this is actually more applicable, applicable, applicable beyond (laughs) the industry. Talk to me a little bit about how the business evolved and became uh, Hilltop Virtual Solutions. Yeah. So I had started off, like I said, as just a, a, not just, but as a general VA. And I um, really dabbled in a lot of different areas of business. Um, I had done some social media. I had done some website design, which I don't feel that I'm good at at all. So <laughs> I try not to do that now. Um, and I, I did even some some podcast management. Um, and I had found that what I really enjoyed was getting more into that management side, looking a little bit more at what businesses needed on the back end of their business. Um, I would dive into a, a business and say, what's your process on this? Yeah. As I'm trying to learn, you know, what they need me to do and how I can help them. And I found so many times they were like, I don't 
I don't yeah. really have that figured what, out yet. What can process? You, yeah. Can you get that set up for me? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, so was, yeah. Was this surprising at all? To, I apologize. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> was this surprising at all? Like to, I mean, you're, you're brand, you're brand new to the world of business ownership, so to speak. And you've started your own business and, or at least I'm totally like projecting on you, by the way, <laughs> for me, like having not been in business and then getting in business, I just kind of assumed that everyone, everyone had it all together until I started talking to people. And I was like, oh, wow, no one really knows what they're doing right, uh, for right. the most part. <laughs> and so I, I just wonder, like, as you started having these conversations, I mean, was there sort of like this, like, oh, wow, this is, there really is like a lack of process and organization, especially you yourself coming from a business where you had been managing a lot of that. Um, I'm just curious about like, as you started getting into it, kind of your your mental um, uh, just realization that you had something to offer there. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was one of those things where I, I was noticing more and more with each client that I worked with that they, they were lacking a lot of that organizational structure, um, not necessarily knowing what, you know, what their numbers were, what their, their um, metrics were that they needed to pay attention to, and then also not reviewing them on a regular basis. Um, so those sort of things were always areas that I would jump into a business and be like, oh, hold on, <laughs> let's get some of this in place so we can really grow from here. And and really taking on more of a role than what their typical or previous VAs would take on um, to help get some of those things in place. And and just the detail of what I would be asking them and and, and they they weren't expecting it from, from a VA that they would be bringing on. Um, and then I, as I learned more about the online space, I found more of that, that online business manager or operations role um, and, and went through um, a certification that, that allowed me to even you know, go a, a step above in my learning and my knowledge um, and how I could structure my business to help support others in this sort of a role in operations. Um, so yeah, it was an evolution for sure. Um, you know, where I was in 2019 is not anywhere near where I am now in, in 2021. Um, and I, I have loved the journey thus far with it, even though it's very much of a roller coaster ride. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it, it, it's, it's a bit chaotic to think about how, I've heard this story a lot of times of someone who the business they started out to create looks totally different, even even twelve months later, and um, you know, borrowing your words, that roller coaster of the evolution of the business that can make some some people very uncomfortable because it you know the business yeah. is just constantly changing, right? So, like, how do you how did you stay um, confident, stay um, you know, not rip your hair out? You know, I mean, like <laughs> just as the business is just, um, yeah, just constantly changing. How do you stay centered with all that? I have had coaching that I have worked with. I continue to work with a coach um, that helps support me through some of that. Um, and I also have realized um, through some of that coaching, the importance of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, it is how it's probably the best quote that I have heard about owning a business is that once you get too comfortable, then things get stagnant um, and you don't continue to grow your business. I find the same thing with clients that I'm working with. I, I want to help encourage them to continue to grow as well um, and continue to, to push themselves out of 
the areas where they um, are getting mm-hmm. comfortable, basically. Yeah. Um, I also committed back when I started to myself that I, as I grew, didn't want to bring on team members and have them have the experience that I had when I started as a VA, um, walking into a business and somebody not really knowing what they needed to have me do um, and not really having any sort of processes in place in their business. And then also um, not even having an onboarding like experience for your, for your team members. Um, I found that when I jumped into businesses, a lot of times they just, they just needed help, but they couldn't necessarily specify what they needed help with. And so one of the things that I have been um, very particular about, even with my own team is that there is an onboarding process. There is, you know, very, very defined places to start. Now that evolves as they work with me more and my team, um, you know, works with me more in my business. Um, but I want them to have a place to start. And so then when we're going into businesses, I'm also really trying to emphasize and pull out of the business owner before I even start with them. What are the things like, give us somewhere where we need to start, where we know this is priority number one, two, and three. And then from there, let's see what else we we find because inevitably we're going to find more. Sure. It's just how it goes. What, so. <laughs> what's, what's your advice for the business owner? Because this this is a very common point where, um, or it's a familiar point where, so the business owner has been selling something and it's like, oh, wow, people actually like this. And so the business starts to build momentum and it gets, it's very exciting, but then the business owner gets to the point where they wake up on a Monday morning and there's like 50 million things to do for the business. (laughs) And so like answering this question of like, what's priority one, it's not uncommon for a business owner to say, I, I either I don't know or all of them are, you yeah, know, because it's very yeah. personal to the it's, it's personal to you. You know how important everything is. How do you help business owners wade through the mess of all the things that are going on and help them really focus on? Okay, hey, this is most important for your business right now. So that is where I do a lot of work with the business owner. Um, typically, it's a two to three hour conversation with them of um, of really covering all of the business, um, covering, looking at financials, looking at, um, and when I say looking at it, it's not diving deep into everything, but having a discussion of what are your financial goals, having a discussion of what, what areas of your business financially are we needing some support in. Um, looking at if they have brought on an accountant yet or anything like that, or where there's where they're at with their their financial side of things. It's looking at visibility. It's looking at operations. It's looking at that customer journey, um, and it's having a conversation over kind of two to three hours of of a conversation of what's working and what's not working, and then we'll dive into that what's not working a lot more in detail and start prioritizing things based on what the goals of the business are. And that's going to be customized with each client. It's not something that I can say, well, I I see trends with it, but in general terms, um, they're trends. There -hmm. there does need to be a customization for that particular business owner and where their, their ultimate vision is and where their goal is for their business. Does it ever feel like, um, I know as business owners, a lot of times we can be embarrassed by all the things that are ugly in our business. Um, how do you help business owners um, be comfortable, I guess, 
<laughs> you know, with the ugliness of it, right? Because I mean, there's 50,000 things to work on. You can only prioritize certain things at any given time. Um, is there, do you find yourself um, having to reassure business owners or, or more importantly, how do you stay reassured and confident in your own business for those portions that we all have that we're just like, oh my gosh, I do need to work on that. I do need to fix that. Well, part of that is is the awareness that if if everything is the priority, nothing gets done. You sure. really have to you really have to pick. And like I said, it's typically not more than two or three things to start off with. Um, but you have to break them down into actionable items that you can actually start to move forward with. Um, if there's this big picture idea of oh, I need to get this funnel set up so that I can sell this product and I can launch this product. Um, well, if that's just the big picture topic that's always on the list, but it's not broken down into the the specific tasks that need to go with that, then it's always going to be this haunting thing that needs to be done and it's never going to get moved forward. So it's really breaking it all down to the step-by-step process in order to start moving forward. Um how much do you feel like self-awareness comes into this whole process of like realizing like what's like what's actually important to the business versus what you just like like to work on? You know, like I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you come across business owners who like like I'll never forget, forget a guy who like had spent like four months like every day working on his website, even though none of his customers came through his website, but he really loved like the tinkering and, you know, the coding and things like that. Yeah. So how do you, how do business owners become more self-aware and realizing, Hey, that's actually not that important in the day to day. I have talked with a few different business owners where they essentially, after doing that first kind of discovery session or a couple of sessions with me, um, they've really wanted to pivot their business um, (laughs) and not do the same thing anymore. Um, Because I really, well, in some ways there is some coaching that goes with it, you know, having those, those honest, deeper discussions of what do you really enjoy doing? And is this, is this what your vision is for this business or not? Um, And, and really emphasizing with them that it's okay. It's their business. I'm not, I'm not going to judge them on what they want in their business. It's not my decision to make, but I will just help point out things that look a certain way or that are moving a certain direction and say, is this, does this match? I want to make sure that we were on the same page because I can't help move the needle if it's not going in the direction they want it to go. Um, so it's really diving into right off the bat, that vision that they have in their business. Um, and then also seeing um, if what their vision is that they have in that business matches what they're doing. And I think a lot of times we invariably get to this conversation of, okay, I'm I'm not quite making the progress towards that vision that I want. Do I need help? Do I need to hire someone? Um, and I see this question a lot of people asking basically, when is the right time to bring on employee number one? Or if I have employee number one, bringing on employee number two. Um, I know that part of your uh, solutions you offer to your clientele is this conversation around hiring um, what's your take on this? Like what's, when is the right time to bring on that first employee? Um, I would say, well, and a lot of times I'll find that, um, at least in the online space, it's, um, more of a contracted, um, team member that's brought on first sure. versus an employee. Um, but there's, there's never really 
there's never really a wrong time to bring on an employee. <laughs> you can always use more help in your business because there's always something that needs to be done or that could be getting done. Um, but that being said, that's again, where it's looking at the financials, looking at what is, um, having an understanding of what the numbers are showing you, um, to see, can you afford this? Can you not afford this yet? Um, and making sure that when you are taking those steps to bring somebody on, um, that, that you are making sure that they are in alignment with what you are trying to do in your business. Um, it's a lot harder and you spend a lot more time and money on training the same task over and over again than if you can find that right fit from the beginning in your business. I think that's a lot of the fear, right? Is I don't want to bring someone on who isn't the right fit or what if they're, I mean, everyone's seen like horror stories, and, <laughs> you know, what if they, I remember a guy was telling me a story about an employee he hired who was like, Hey, are you cool if I just sleep here? And he was like, wait, like, wait, what? Like, no, sleep, <laughs> sleep at your house. Like, I don't want you to sleep here. And, um, you know, we've, we've all heard the horror stories. We all know about like the really bad employee experiences. Um, how does someone make that first hire successful? And it's kind of a loaded question. It's a heavy question, but what, what's been your, your, your best insights on let's make this person as successful as possible? Definitely um, having a values match between the business owner and the potential um, employee that you're bringing on. So making sure that in that hiring process, in that and in that interview process, that you're diving into some of those important things that you want to know. Um, that's going to be one crucial part of making sure that you have a good um, and successful um, employee that you're bringing on. Another part of that also is especially if it is on a contracted basis, um, if you're getting that person through referral or if you are getting that person who they've you know had a proven track record with somebody that you you know and trust, um, or also if you start off with them in a little bit of that project basis, like hire them for a project, test them out a little bit. It's okay mm -hmm. to not dive in 100% right off the bat. Um, in the online space, maybe what you need is a little bit of help with um, putting together a landing page, or maybe you need help with um, getting a, an email sequence written or you know various things like that. Test, test them out. Just have them do one project for you though, instead of going full in um, to, to bringing them on full-time or anything like that. Um, yeah, test seen... them out and see how, they, see how they work. See if you guys are on the same page with what you're doing and, and how you communicate. Um, those are big parts of it too. Yeah, I love this concept of it being a values match. And I think about a business that did like um, uh, Donald Trump uh, greeting cards. So political or not, this guy would basically sell greeting cards, like or like birthday cards, and it'd be Donald okay. Trump's voice being like, you know, you are the best person ever, happy birthday or something. And his big value as a business was we just want to make people laugh. Like that's that's literally the only reason we exist is for people on both sides of the political aisle to see this and find value in it. And uh, one of the things he shared was someone I bring on has to appreciate humor. And if they don't, then it's like, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, something else you mentioned that I really liked was this advice around hiring for a specific function. Cause sometimes I see people, especially if they're, if they're younger in business, they want to hire that person who can do everything I need yeah. somebody to do everything, you know, and they want that that A plus superstar employee, 
or rather um, independent contractor who's going to magically do everything for their business. Um, do you come across that ever or do you kind of help people focus a little bit on what this employee is going to do or? Yeah, I definitely have come across that before. And I do, I mean, like I said, I technically started as a general VA, so I kind of did a little bit in everything. Um, but I also did it with the understanding that I, and I would emphasize with people, I'm not, I don't specialize in this, you know, I can only get you to a certain level with it. Um, so depending on what that, um, client specifically, or that business owner specifically is looking for, there is a time when a specialist is really what's needed. Um, and depending on what the outcome is that they want out of it, um, that specialist is, is really where they're going to get the most bang for their buck. Um, I do think there is something to be said for, um, for having a general VA, but the expectation needs to be, um, needs to be at a certain level with that too. So I think that's just, again, kind of looking at the the heart of what the business owner needs and what's going to best benefit the business owner, um, when they are looking for that hire. And speaking of looking for that hire, the actual hiring process, um, I've seen all sorts of crazy stories on interview questions, and you know I have some of my personal um, most triggering questions that I've seen. Um, do you typically give advice on how people can have a really strong hiring process, and you know what that b- best looks like to kind of reduce, I guess, the pain of interview after interview and actually finding that good hire? Yeah, definitely. Um, I in the online space, it's very common, especially in some of the, like the Facebook groups, to see the "Hey, I need a general VA, I need a copywriter," and then having you know three hundred responses underneath that that post. There, um, one of the things that I would definitely emphasize is putting together a job description and putting together an application process. Sure, um, I think those are critical to save time and energy. Um, also, there's I like doing a little bit of. Um, it's not really tricky per se, but adding a little bit of detail to really see how much people are looking at their um, job description and the application. Um, you know, whether it's respond or send your resume here or do this. Um, Helps avoid bots with this or subject line. Mask yeah. filling in, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because inevitably, no matter what um, job you're looking to bring on in your business, I have not known one that detail oriented is not part of what you're looking for. Um, so, you know, wanting someone to have the ability to to read, follow instructions, and be detail oriented is is going to be one of those top things that you can either cross off or add to the list right right mm-hmm. there just by them following the instructions. Is there anything we should absolutely not do when hiring someone, or? Um you know, um, I don't know if you've heard any horror stories yourself of people who've tried to hire someone and you're like, why did you do that? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, obviously there's the, the big things HR wise, not to be doing, not to <laughs> don't be, be super racist. Sort of <laughs> and, yeah, I got, I got that part. We're good but, on that one. <laughs> but in general terms, I think the biggest, most critical thing is don't hire out of desperation. Hmm. Um, make sure that when you are hiring, even if it takes an extra couple of weeks, or even if it takes potentially a month longer than really what you wanted it to make sure that you're getting the right fit for your business and that the person you're bringing in is um, somebody that you see growing with you in the same direction your business is going. If you're only hiring for what you currently need, it's not going to help you grow. You want to be looking at what you 
where you're going in your business and does this person fit where you're going? Mm. Not just necessarily what my current desperate need is in my business. How do you encourage people who, um, you know, as you're bringing on people and you start to delegate tasks out, how do you help people who, um, you know, that sense of losing control, I guess, you know, you were, you were doing (laughs) everything before and now you're starting. I mean, I've known people who they have, they hire on people and they still do everything. You know, being able to let yeah. go of control and I guess also have a sense of, you know, what's happening in your business. Um, I guess like the worry, like, do I still actually like have a hand on everything? What's, what's your advice for that? I think one of the biggest pieces that plays a role in that is the communication and the expectations that you set up with your team. Uh, really from the beginning, um, knowing what you want them to be communicating with you on, um, what things they are able to start making decisions on. Um, When it comes to delegation, I think that's in general, one of the hardest things that a business owner has to go through is figuring out how to delegate and effectively delegate. Because if if you think you're delegating a task out, but you are still they're coming to you to ask questions on it, or they're coming to you to double check it, or you're still having to give the final stamp of approval on it. You haven't actually delegated it. <laughs> you're still very involved in it. Yeah, wow. That's a so good being, being able to really get to the point that you have delegated that task and you know that it's consistently being done and you're not having to follow up on it and you're not having to check in on it. Um, it comes with communication. It comes with teaching people the the ability to make the the decisions that you would be making in in the, mm. that role. Um, and it really comes to that again that trust factor of knowing that you've you've mm. brought on someone to help you in your business, and that you've taught them what to do, um, and that they're doing it. So, <laughs> um, speaking of trust, I mean, people are bringing you on to handle all sorts of different parts of their business. Uh, do you have a favorite? thing that you do with your customers? And I don't know if you're allowed to say, if you're allowed to answer, but just, um, is there a personal favorite of like, Ooh, I really like, I mean, and for the people listening, you can hire for everything, but (laughs) anything that just personally for you, you're just like, wow, I really like that part of my business. I love walking in all honesty, that initial kind of discovery of what their values are, what their vision is for their business and really walking them through um, meeting the goals and and then diving into, essentially, it's the project management side of diving into that step-by-step process of what is this going to take to really start moving forward. I love doing that part because you just, you dive into so much of the business with that and you dive into to the detail and the heart of of what the, the goal of that business is and what they, what they do and why they do it. Well, there has to be a a sense of excitement around, or just a sense of relief for the business owner of, oh, now I'm starting to get like a handle. Like I can visually see the business now. Yeah. Whereas maybe before you, it was, um, I mean, we've all been there. It, it was a mess. You know, it's yeah. like, what am I working on today? I guess whatever fires the hottest. So, yeah. Yeah. And getting to the point where you start to see that clarity of, okay, this is being done for this reason. This is being done for this reason this doesn't need to be focused on for the next six months, but this is where my priority needs to be right now. So it's getting that clarity and and yeah, that sense of relief, um, I think is huge. And see, you can, I've even seen it after, you know, after that second call, it's like, okay, this is, this sounds good. I like this, you know? So, (laughs) 
Um, and, and I like diving into chaos, a bit of chaos. It's fun for me. So <laughs> You are a masochist for entrepreneurship. <laughs> well, and this has been really great. I, I, I love talking today. It's been a fun conversation. We're unfortunately out of time. Tell me and the listeners, for people who are listening, who want to follow you and maybe even work with you, what's, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, so LinkedIn is, is the, the social media platform of choice that I have. Um, and Ann Hill is, is the name on that. And then um, my website is hilltopvirtualsolutions.com. Perfect. Well, thanks for making the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I enjoyed chatting with you. Of course. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put uh, Ann's LinkedIn profile. I'm also going to put her website down in the episode description below. It's hilltopvirtualsolutions.com. And then on LinkedIn, it's Ann Hill. Ann is A-N-N-E. And again, that'll be down in the episode description below. Hey, speaking of the episode, if you've been listening to the podcast, you enjoy the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button, click the follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And don't forget, if you love the podcast, you can actually support the podcast. You can buy us a cup of coffee at our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. Again, that's at patreon.com slash good advice. And don't forget, you can also get your business sponsored on the podcast in the introduction. Just go to the Patreon to find out more information. Hey, we so appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in today's episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We'll catch you later. See ya.